0: Hey, it's BT from Tales for Gemini. This episode is with Joey Medina. Joey Medina is a comic. Uh, actually, he was a boxer first, then became a comic, a stand-up comic, a great stand-up comic, one of the original kings, Latin kings of comedy. And now he's an acclaimed uh, movie director. His short film, Beautiful Violence, is just that. It's a beautiful film. It's 12 minutes long, and it's one of the most... It's It really hits you, tugs you in the heartstrings. It's a beautiful movie. If you get a chance, check it out. But I love the conversation. I've known Joey for over 25 years, and it was like, And it was just two old friends talking life and career. And uh, I hope you like this episode. I know I did. Check it out. One, two, three. Yeah. B.T. with Tales from a Gemini. Man, I am just stoked for this. I'm stoked for every episode. I love all my guests. To me, there's no, oh, this guest is, oh, uh, this guest. I mean, anybody who takes time to be with my annoying ass, I love anybody. So I'm just, I'm, but I'm stoked for this guy because um, we go back. Oh, my gosh. Joey, do you remember when we first met? I don't know. It was like 25 years ago. Here it is. Years ago. I'm a comic. And so I'm, I'm going to do my first TV spot. I'm going to be on BET. Now, uh, BET oh, at the yeah. time had a competition. And what it is is you go there and uh, it was hosted by D.C. Curry. He had a competition. So it was you and two other comics. And you got judged by uh, 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 Florence, uh, Florence Henderson from the Jeffersons, the maid. Uh, and uh Ronaldo Ray and it was somebody else, and so I was all hyped. My first TV spot ever. I was gonna be on B.E.T. I mean, I was we were filming, I think, in Inglewood. So I get there, I find out who's who's gonna be in my group. I go against a guy named Lester Barry, and there's this guy, and being from the Midwest, I thought, okay, he's Mexican. I, you know, he's ended up being uh, Puerto Rican, but anyway, you know, Midwest, we go, oh, he's Mexican. So I'm going against a guy named Joey Medina, and I just remember going, How you doing, man? He goes, How you doing? I go, and I don't know why we got to talk, and he said, he used to box. And I thought that, that was really kind of cool. And it, but it wasn't really anything cocky. It was like any guy who knows he can kick your ass. It was just a matter-of-fact statement, say, yeah, I can box. I said, okay, cool. He goes on and does a set. I do my set. And we both got beat by Lester Berry. And we've been buddies through defeat ever since. So my guest is... And we both hate Lester Barry to this day. <laughs> this day. So, so, my guest today is the incomparable Joey Medina. This guy, Joey Medina, is one of the original Latin Kings of Comedy. Uh, he has a film out. We're going to get to this film later. He has a film out that is blowing up not just here domestically but internationally i think it, uh selected by i think it won the swedish film festival i mean around the world it's a great short film we'll get to that later but most importantly man before he was a comic starting out he was a boxer who fought for the title i mean you can't tell that now it looks like he ate that boxer because he's gaining a little weight but that doesn't matter joey can still do his damn thing man so what's going on joey medina
1: do BT, man. I love you, brother. I love you. Your energy always been great, man. I'm doing good. Thank goodness. You know, trying to stay busy during this crazy uh, pandemic that we're going through. But um, other than that, man, you know, I'm still doing the roads now a little bit getting back on the road and, um, you know, doing my passion, which is filmmaking. First of all, where are you at? You in
0: somebody's uh, closet? Like, uh, is, no, uh, that, that's that's a fake background right there. I was like, man, are you are you, are you with your girl? And you got you in your closet? Are, are you sneaking sneak some rich people's houses and they
1: don't even know you're there? Uh, and you just. I made home. Like, this was just whatever was on last. So as soon as I logged on, it was on. So I'm like, i will just leave it. <laughs> looks
0: like, looks like 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 uh, Melvin Marcos' ca- closet. That's what it looks like, man. Yeah,
1: that's 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 Russell Peters' closet right there. <laughs> when you go to, Russell Peters' clo- closet, looks like a store. It looks like <laughs> when you go in there, you're like, <laughs> just like okay, let's see, it's, like, it's awesome. Well, let me tell you something, man.
0: Well, people don't realize. To be at the level, or just to be able to still do it, to be at the level that you are in comedy, I mean, they don't realize how difficult it is, and you've always been at the high level. I remember we met again. I moved from LA in 2006, and I missed those people. And this was before social media was really, really, really prevalent. And I just remember me and you were at the uh, the Laughlin Comedy Festival, and man, it was so good to see you. You were just, man. I mean, it was like just uh, I couldn't I can't describe to you how just great to see you it was and you were doing well and you were still like you were just like me you're a single man you're enjoying your singleton (laughs) your your single years is i like to say it and it was just great to see and we both got beat we got slaughtered by uh it was a dale dale what's his name oh do you remember do you remember that we made the semifinal. we made the final
1: i thought i thought it was a woman it was a woman an older woman
0: no dale i forget Dale quinn no, 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 Dale, whatever, he won it but
1: Oh, he, yeah, 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 I remember now, I remember He destroyed
0: us, I remember going, okay, that, that, that's it, that's enough, he won But we made it to the finals, I remember
1: that, remember that? Yeah, 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 no, that's fun, and like, the only reason, like, I've only, I think, done one competition my whole life And the only re- that one, And I just wanted to hang out with everybody, you know what yeah. I mean? Because comics, when we hang out, it's some of the best times, man We make each other laugh in ways, because we can't, sometimes we can't you know, if we're with a group of, we want to call them civilians, right? Right. We can't talk about some of the things we want to talk about, or really, we can't be as funny as we normally could be. But when we're with other comedians, we can let loose and just get crazy. Well, you know, you know why? Because I'm... because there's it, never that,
0: uh Like, if you talk to somebody regular, and you know, we're talking how comics talk, you know, you, you get that, Ugh. It's like when you got two guys and that girl on, on, a, on a morning show, and it's always the girl's always like, come on, guys. And that's what it's like yeah. when you talk to so-called civilians. But when comics get together, man, it's it's Katie bar the door, bro. I mean, it's, everything yeah. is on, and it's always that stuff that makes us laugh that no one else laughs at. And that's why I, like I, I love going, I love going to competition just for that alone. No matter really cares who wins but it still hurts you know what I mean (laughs) it still hurts
1: because some of those things you know a lot of times in those competitions the I think the longest sets are like 10 minutes oh not even that long
0: long.
1: yeah so and so it's kind of like this it's like people always say Muhammad Ali would never win a a three-round fight because it's just that's not his style you know and somebody like you know uh, a real season pro like yourself myself sometimes we need that time to to loosen up, you know, in 10 minutes, five minutes, we're not, we're just, we're just throwing stuff out there. We're not, you don't really see what we really have. You know what I mean? Yeah, well,
0: yeah, it takes his time to warm up. And speaking of Muhammad Ali, who's where I was going to get that, you start out as a boxer, man, and I looked you up on the internet. Dude, you had some skills, man. I mean it from the – I watched the – I think your Arizona championship the championship in Arizona, yeah, and yeah. you were mopping this dude up all over the ring. I remember he came in, and you hit him with an uppercut. I was like, look at
1: Joey. Like I was three – in that fight, I was three-to-one underdog. Really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, his name was Chris Alvarado. And um, I gotta find him on Facebook, man. Say hi to him. He, but uh, he, no, no, he, he, uh, he was a really good fighter. Like I really liked watching him, you know. Before I fought him, and then um, I just knew, man, this is this is my chance. And I just gotta take it. And I did. I knocked him down six times in the fight, and then they stopped the fight in the eleventh round. Wow. I, I remember watching it and I was like, what was the overall goal? And was it boxing
0: first? I mean, I knew you grew up and you were young. Cause I looked at you. I go, this guy was kind of handsome and good looking. He had no glasses on. I mean, you were like I was like, oh, who is this dude? I mean, you got mentioned in the same breath as a uh, Camacho. You're in uh, uh, Breeland. Look, <laughs> those were the good old days, man. So was he what so was the overall goal? Was at boxing?
1: Well, my overall goal was boxing, but realistically, if when I look back, and especially lately I've been looking back, um filmmaking was my first goal. When I was when I was in fifth grade, and I was in fifth grade, there was a teacher I had named Morris Charno, who I stay in touch with to this day. He um he had a he showed his our class a Super Eight film he made with the class before. Okay. And it was basically like a, a Batman parody with, with kids, right? You know, like he would hold up. So the bat rope was a jump rope and he just had little, it, it was no sound because it was super eight. And I remember looking at that film, like my jaw dropped and thinking, I want to make that. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I didn't, I don't want to be in front of the camera. I didn't want to be Batman. I wanted to be the guy who made Batman. I remember thinking that, and I didn't know that was called director or filmmaker. I just knew I wanted to do that. So in seventh grade, two years later, my shop teacher sold me a stolen projector, a camera, and a screen, and it, it all said the board of education on it, right? And for fifty, true story. For fifty bucks, for fifty bucks, and so I made I made a Godzilla, a King Kong movie with with my with my family, and it was really, and it was cool, and then that was it. Filmmaking went. After that, I started into boxing. So I, you know, I forgot my filmmaking. But, but it was actually filmmaking was first.
0: But actually, you didn't because you did your own documentary. Yeah. Unboxing.
1: Because you well, I did a document. That's true. I did I went right after high school. I wanted to go to film school, but it was too expensive. Right. So I ended up going to television production school, which is actually I, I'm glad I went because I learned other skills that filmmakers don't, don't know, like television. And and during, during school, I made a documentary. I made a documentary about boxing. That was part of one of our, one of our class, one of our uh, projects was to make a documentary. So I decided to make it about boxing. And uh, so I made a, yeah, that was the first thing I actually probably, the, the second thing, the first thing was King Kong at seven years old. But then the second thing was probably that documentary at 18 years old. We had a little mustache right here, a little cool. Yeah, man, a little mustache. Yeah, I was like, this
0: dude is handsome. And you put, you put some earth, wind, and fire, it, and, some, and survivor. Oh, survive yeah,
1: man. That's my song.
0: That's my song. Dude, <laughs> I was like, this dude. And honestly, that I mean, everything starts when you're small. And it's funny you say that because I feel the same way there's, I think it came for me though, when uh, I was in junior college, and I was doing these little videos, and I'm like, I like this, you know what I mean? But I like to be in front and behind. I never was a technical guy. I just knew what I
1: liked and what it looked like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's basically being a director, man. It's like, you know, you don't have to know everything. It's good to know all the technical stuff, or at least a little bit about it, because then you can request certain things. You can say, well, I need, a, I want to, I want a light behind him right here. I want this. I want. I want this lit up over here. You know what I mean? If the, if the cinematographer doesn't catch it. So it's always important to know a little bit, even the editing, because I love like I hate editing. I know how to edit, but I hate editing. But I can sit with an editor for 20 hours. It don't bother me at all. Because mm-hmm. t- all I'm doing is directing, you know, after the fact. That's the way I feel like. So it's like, so when but when in editing, you 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 want to know, like, look, that's a bad shot, or you know, the guy, like, for instance, on this last film I did, there was a couple of shots where you know um, they hand each other wallets and at one point like the wallet's in the wrong hand so we have to you know I knew I knew how to already fix it I'm like look just flip the image around and then on, on another shot he was holding it he was holding the picture not the wallet I'm like well let's just crop that and it are all my suggestions and I was and you, because I know these are things you can do during editing and to, to fix problems you know at the end.
0: So, it, so how, to where did comedy come in? How did it go from, I mean, you love film
1: into boxing, but where did comedy come in? Comedy came in because I always loved comedy, right? So like, I had a, I had a, a really good friend of mine. I was 12 years old, I met him. He was a jazz musician. His name was Dave Valentin. Like, he's a world renowned uh, flutist. And he was my next door neighbor. So I would always go to his house. I would hang out at his house all the time, right? And um he would he we he would put on red fox albums, Cheech and Chong, you know, um uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, Richard Pryor, you know, um, all the greats. And I would listen to comedy, and then we'd watch Saturday Night Live together in his house. And and he had a great sense of humor. And he was a, a grown-up already, and I was a kid, and I was just like learning from him. And then um, and then I just remembered, you know, I just I just love being I love funniness. Yes, and then so fast forward, you know, uh, bef- right before comedy, you know, my, I was actually uh, I would o- I always loved comedy, I always loved comedy. I would watch it. I was, but but to me it was like it was like um, people who love sports, like they know they know everything about sports. They love sports. They know all the players, but they don't play sports. Yeah. So it was like that. I love comedy. I knew everything about comedy, but I didn't. I couldn't. Play. I was too shy, right? I think I was too shy. So so one day they opened. I was living in Tucson, Arizona, where I had my boxing career. And then uh, they opened up a, a, a real comedy club called Laughs Comedy Club. It was yes. a comedy night at a bar. It was a club. Yes. And, you know, with a brick wall like you would see on television. And I remember going there, looking at the wall, going, oh, my God. And the microphone going, this is a real stage. Like, oh, my God. So I remember asking, you know, for the, the, the service to sit me in the back because I'm like, I don't want to sit in the front. They don't. They always make fun of you in the front. I don't yeah. want to sit in the front. Yeah. So I said, I don't know, in the back. But I kept on going and I kept on going and I kept on going. And then one, at one point I was, I, was, I was homeless, I was living in my car, had, my life just went to shit. And it was. Um, uh, I went to the comedy club to cheer myself up, right? Cause uh, they knew me, cause I, cause, cause I was always going there. So I got in free. And, um, and I remember watching a comic on stage, how he's making everybody feel. And I was laughing and I was feeling better. And I told myself, I go, wait a second, I have nothing to lose. I have no family here. I got no no job, no home. I literally can start my life all over again. I remember telling myself that. And I was looking at the comedian and go, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna become him. I'm gonna become a comedian. And that was it. I put all my eggs in that basket, man. And and I didn't turn back. Do you remember who the comic was? Ooh, I wish I did. I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I remember he's a black comic. That was it. Could have been you. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man. I'm not that old man. But I do remember that moment where I knew my life was going to change. I go. I, I had a goal. Like I'm gonna. Like it. it I was throwing in my mind. I'm going. I think I'm gonna go to school and try to become a lawyer. Like I was trying to throw all these other things in my mind. And then, um. But but then I I, I love the feeling of the way that comedian made the crowd feel. Yeah. And the way he was feeling, right? And I'm like, I'm gonna do that, because you know how it is, man. When we go up on the stage and we have a great set and people, people love it and laugh. It's like you, you can't beat that. It's a drug, man. It's, it's a. I'm addicted to it. It's yeah. a drug. Yeah, man. I,
0: okay, so you did that. Okay, so what happened though? How did your box? How did you get to that point? But like, where did boxing kind of go wrong? Did you get knocked the fuck out? And you were like, all right, I'm done with this shit. And then like, and then some manager took your money. I mean, how did you end at that point?
1: No, it. it uh, I didn't get. I, I. I fought for the NABF title and I lost. I got robbed, man. I got totally robbed. Yeah. But um, um, right after that, I guess it just my heart kind of just went out. Like it just didn't. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. You know. And um, and because in boxing, man, you 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 gotta want to do it every day. Yes. It, it has to be a. If you don't want to, then don't do it because it's dangerous, right? Oh yeah. So, but so it, yeah, it was just something I wanted. I was done. Like, it was just, all right, I'm done. I love it. I still love boxing, greatest sport ever. I still watch it, love it. But it was just, I didn't want to do it anymore. And um, and then that was it. And then, you know, once I fell in love with comedy where I wanted to do it, all my attention went there. That was it. It was just all I thought about. It became, it became my my new love. Like, you know, you you broke up with somebody and then you found somebody else and that was it. Like So it was the your, was there was your open?
0: rebound. So comedy was your rebound it's
1: my rebound and it was it was I did a, it was
0: a good decision. And and you've been <laughs> with her ever since. You've been with her ever That's since. Right. That's my girl. And it's and, he, and it's opened up other doors for you also because you also became a leader in comedy because you wanted the original Latin Kings of Comedy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that was awesome, man. And I knew when that happened my life was going to change like, cuz when it was happening, I am you know, um like how did you was, know? Was, how did you know? And how did that come about? Just because I knew that the way the whole thing came about was, you know, the original Keens of Comedy, you know, with Cedric and all the other guys um, came out, right? And then during that time, I was opening for Paul Rodriguez all the time, and Paul was doing great. And then they decided to to, uh, to do a tour with George Lopez and Carlos Messia, and then Alex Rimundo and I were kind of opening. Uh-huh. And then they were thinking about doing something like the Latin Keens of Comedy, Right. But the thing is, the Latin Kings of Comedy was actually the title. The, the title Kings of Comedy is owned by Walter Latham. Right. He owns the title and Paramount Pictures made the movie. So you just can't make a you can't call it that. It has to be given to you. Right. So so the, we decided to shoot something in El Paso, Texas.
0: Yes. My and, town.
1: And, and and it was beautiful set. Like the set was like, like gorgeous. It was like a million dollars to make that set. It was a, it was we were there for a whole week shooting. Paramount Pictures, Walter Latham came to see if they liked it. And the show was great. We shot four shows and um, they loved it. And they were like, yep, okay, it's going to be the Latin Kings comedy. Paramount picked it up. That means now it's a movie. So it It never went to. It it didn't go to TV first. It went to theaters first. We were movie theaters first.
0: Wow! What was that experience like to see yourself on the screen,
1: bro? Amazing, dude. the The our Our premiere was um in at at the Man's Chinese Theater. So, (sighs) so to watch it. It was the first time I ever sat in the back of the audience watching the audience watch me, and that was weird. That felt <sighs> weird. It was great because they laughed at all the right places. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. And it's like um, it's like what I do now when I when I make a movie. I watch if it's funny. I want them to laugh at the right places. But but this was the first time it was ever stand up. So um, it was really good. It was a good focus group, um, and then it played every you know it played. Um, it was limited. Cities, I guess, but it was but it played pretty much throughout the country played in New York or played in all the big cities. And it was funny because anytime I would do a show anywhere I would right after the show I would catch the last showing of the film. You know, and I would see yeah. people watch me again, <laughs> and then I would, you know, then, then they would they would see me afterwards. They go, "Hey, that was you." I'm like, "Yeah, that was me." <laughs> <laughs> how you many know. how many how many girls did
0: you coerce after after that? Oh, lord! Was, was, Back it, in the day, was it a good run? Uh, was it a good run? It was a good run. It was a good run. It was a good run. But now that's all over. Yeah, why? <laughs> but, Are you married now? Are you married now?
1: Well, I'm like I'm married. Me and my girlfriend been together like like 15 years.
0: Oh, my God. Good for you, man. I mean that. Good yeah, for you. I'm happy for you. We, we fight in front of each other now. It's all, you know, it's all good. <laughs> man, you know what? I tell somebody, if it gets to that point, no. I, I mean, there's. I can only be so close with somebody, and if it gets to that point, it's over. I mean, I tell them that. I said, if, it, <laughs> if they ever do that, it's done. I mean, you better hold that. Hold that in until your stomach looks like Elvis in the 70s. And, you know, uh, because once it, uh, in front of me on purpose, now, if you happen to sneeze, and, okay, I get it. But if you do it on purpose, like pull my finger, and then it's like, it's done. You pack your bags, you're out of here. <laughs> I, I, I,
1: but you know what? We have, a, we have a dog, so luckily we both <laughs> play her all the time. Like, yeah. like, Roxy, stop fighting, Roxy. <laughs> Man, that's, that's
0: great, man. So okay, so you're doing comedy, and was it from your career? Like I said, you know, there's, there's a point when I left, and it's weird because that's that's the power of LA. I felt like a year or two after I left, I didn't recognize anybody, and then once social media came, and I see all these comics in LA, I'm like, I don't know any of these guys, and that's why it's so great now to see you and still, like I said, at a high level and still doing a damn thing. And, and did you reach a point? to where, yeah, I think everybody's career kind of stalemates for a little bit, where you go, and you, or you're banging your head against the wall. Did you experience that?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. And I think we all, I mean, I would assume we all do, and it, it happens, um, especially the longer you're in, right? It happens and then goes away, comes back. I've had ups and downs. I've had really good ups. Yeah. And um, I've had really, you know, low downs. And um, you, the beautiful thing though, about comedians, unlike an athlete is the older we get the better we get yes more seasoned I think like I like I think I'm probably it's funnier now than I've ever been in my entire life I think I can handle almost any crowd I've because I've spin through every crowd I think I can you know I've toured around I've toured around the world I've performed I'm the first American to headline Vietnam
0: wow i didn't realize that
1: i'm not talking about i'm not talking about even the you know military we're not talking about military that's bob hope stuff right? right i i i headlined vietnam and um first american i didn't know that until i got there but um so you know in the beginning of my career i didn't i, I could never do that you know i think i'm like oh i could never do that cuz you don't know how to manipulate the audience you don't know how to work the audience you don't know how to use your timing you know and then yeah. the, the longer you know like guys like you and i who have been doing it forever we we pretty much we're gonna we're gonna do all right no matter where we are. Yeah. Right. And if we don't, eh, it's okay. And we move on. Man, that yeah. is so true. I mean, honestly it's like it's weird,
0: but I can take an L and be like, eh, you know, one of the things I uh, you know, I, I shouldn't have done the uh the family material of this show. Eh, whatever. Uh, the new the new joke works so blah. Well, and you move on. And I think and yeah. it's and weird because Unlike you, I'm, I was always an athlete wannabe. Like I never got to that level. You got, but I, but I, but I kind of um, uh, like try to approach it as an athlete, when I do comedy, I try to approach it like an athlete, like come in, hit them hard in the beginning, you know, keep it going in the middle, you know, keep them engaged, and then finish up strong with a flurry, boom, good night, peace. And if I take an L, like I said, take an L, it's cool. I'll come back and get them again. And maybe it makes me be more focused, come back, go over the jokes again, like, bam, I'm going to get them next time. And then you're more focused. Do you approach that like an athlete
1: as extra comedy? Absolutely. Like for instance, you know, it's it's like watching the uh, the the audience. I mean, sorry, watching the comedian in front of me is like watching the watching my opponent before I fight him, because I get to see what the audience is like. Yeah. You know, I get to see okay, the audience is not laughing at dirty stuff, or the audience is being a little tight, or the audience, you know, they go they only go up to number five, they don't go up to number ten. Right. You know, I could I could I could decide all that, and then I also when I'm on stage, you know. I, just like in boxing, I always knew by the first punch how I'm gonna do. Really? You know, if, I hit, if I hit the guy and, and 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 he and I know he felt it, I'm yeah. like, okay, just, I'm gonna do all right. If I hit the guy and he just looks at me, I'm like, okay, I gotta work, <laughs> I gotta work, right? So it's like, <laughs> like, and it's like that's like in comedy, right? You, you 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 they're not laughing right away. You're like, okay, okay, I gotta work. But the beautiful thing about comedy is just like in boxing that I learned is that. I can i change momentum i'm like sometimes i know okay i need to change my momentum it's okay for, if i just stop If I now I, it's okay if i speed up right now it's okay if i slow down right now whatever i need to do to change this momentum to to get in that vibe it's like double dutch right it's like double dutch it's like we're playing we're playing an, emo, an emotional game with double dutch and we just got to get in that 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 sync with the audience right. and once we're in sync with the audience we got it and if we're not it's going a long night, man. And especially if you especially when you you know you're closing, you doing 45 minutes and it, and it's hard for 45 minutes. That's the longest 45 minutes ever. But you don't have no trainer to throw in a towel, man, and go okay, all right. All right. Okay. You can
0: get off now. You can get off now. Okay, which is worse? Taking an ass whooping in boxing or watching the guy on the come up, that feature act on a come up that you go, who the fuck is this? Why is he featuring and he's destroying? And then
1: it's like, and now Joey Medina, which is the worst, which is the worst? No, you probably, but I, I don't know. I actually, I'll be honest. I love watching a feature kill because I, because I know the psychology. So like, my thing is this, if the feature killed, I'm going to at least kill for five minutes. Because the audience is already happy. Yeah. They're laughing. Yeah. So all I need to do is convince them. It's like do a flim flam. It's kind of like, okay, watch over here now, watch over here now, watch over here now. So before they in five minutes, they forgot who they saw five minutes ago. Yeah. Now they're laughing with me. Yeah. Now if I'm dying, if I don't get them to laugh in those five minutes, they're gonna remember for 45 minutes <laughs> who, they, who they used to, who was on there. So, so, but I, I don't think it's that hard. I think it's okay because I did I did I followed one time I was at the Ice House and and um I followed Darren Carter and Darren Carter got a standing O oh. I love Darren. I love Darren. Hey, boy, right? you can't help
0: but love Darren.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he got a standing O. And I'm like, uh, I'm like at first I was nervous, right? And I'm like, but I'm like, watch me get it. And I just all I did was patronize Darren. I'm like, yeah, you know, I did jokes about Darren and like this, thing, but you know, not bad jokes, but like kind of like. Right. buddy jokes and then i that's the first time i ever this is the first this is actually i think when i learned that trick and um and it worked and i i killed i didn't get a standing o yeah but i still killed so i was happy having- <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to talk, about, you know, I want to talk about was like, like you just said earlier in boxing, when you hit the dude and you go, Oh, this is going to be a long night. Like yeah. what, it, it, what, what match in particular just reminds you of that? Like you throw like your best punch or you go, okay, bam. And he just go, and you can just tell instead of like, you know, that little laugh where, you know, you heard him or that look in their eye where they, you know, have like a, that, that, that poker hand face, like, and you hit him with everything you got and there's nothing. And when do you go
1: shit? Well, yeah, well, the, the one really was the opposite, where a guy hit me on my shoulder in the first round, on my left shoulder, he hit me with a right hand, and it hurt, like, my arm hurt, and I remember thinking, oh, shit, I got to keep my hands up, man, because if this guy hits me, he's gonna, he's gonna, it's going to hurt, man, so, so it, he did, it was the opposite, like, I'm like, oh, you know, I started doing this the whole time, man, I was like, You know, I love it, man, because I remember,
0: I was looking through your stuff, and I thought it was funny how... You stay engaged in boxing because on one of your things you go. You were talking about you were talking to Canelo and you go, hey, "Why don't you be a man and fight uh, Triple G?" And I was like, "Holy shit!" You called him out like that. You go, "Why don't you be a man and fight Triple G?" I like. Did, did, did Canelo ever like find you and call you out? I'm like, "Hey, Mr. Funny Man, come here for a second. Did, 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 you, did you ever meet no, him? I, I hit, I hide all the time.
1: I'm like, "No, <laughs> man, do <I> not find you."
0: <laughs> man, I love it. Man, I love it. Okay, so take me to. And I'm going to take the audience to this. Now, don't get me wrong. Joey's my boy or whatever. But you ain't listening in L.A. And he's done his own thing. I'm doing my own thing. I'm here in the Midwest, whatever. And out of nowhere, I get this text. Now, I, I've been hacked plenty of times. So I'm thinking, and it has, if they had a link, I'm like, ah, somebody, somebody's fucking with me. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, ah, somebody's fucking with But I go, I'm going to click it. And it's Joey's movie. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's because you're here. I'm not kissing your ass. I'm just saying it's matter-of-factly. The opening shot of his movie, Beautiful Violence, is so spectacular and shot so beautifully that I honestly, if you didn't know, I would say I was I thought I was in a a movie theater watching like a movie where I don't know about you. I think the first three or four minutes to me when a movie comes on where there's shots that are you go, oh, this is going to be a great movie. You know what I mean? Where you go, oh, this shit right here is going to be and." your shot in the opening shot and it's uh through a, um what do you call those little things the uh, drone? yeah drone shot it was so it was i mean it it I, my draw literally dropped and i go this is going to be the shit right here i have and- a I have a funny story about that
1: shot what happened that so what i was doing was i was looking for a similar shot like that to open up the, the movie this was after i shot it already mm-hmm. shot but I, so i was looking for stock footage mm-hmm. i was looking for drone stock footage so I found that shot and I looked, it was like 200 bucks. I'm like, I'm not going to pay 200 bucks. I'm like, I'm thinking, wait, that's LA. Let me try to figure out where that they shot that from. So I, I, I did Google earth and I figured out where they made that shot from. So I brought my drone there and I shot it myself. Nice. <laughs> and actually my, mine looks better than the stock footage <laughs> shot.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you something, man, that movie, and you know, I I, I I encourage the audience if you get a chance. Where can the audience watch this movie, by the way, or can they? Because I know sometimes when a movie's up for uh, awards like that, you know, you can't really go and watch it. Like, can they?
1: Yeah, it's it's right now. If you're in the L.A. area, uh-huh. go to Pasadena on the 13th on Monday, next Monday, this coming Monday at six o'clock. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna be playing there with. Uh, uh, a block of other short films. It's like 88 minutes. So your your day will be like the, the you know like a like a whole movie. It's like 88 minutes from six o'clock to you know right. 88 minutes after, and you'll see a bunch of really good movies, little short films. So if you got a short attention span, it's perfect. Mine is right in the middle, um, <laughs> so you can check that out. And it's it it's uh you know if you go to a uh the Pasadena if you go to the, the Pas- Inter- Pasadena International Film Festival's website. Mm-hmm. You can see it. And it's at the movie theater in Pasadena, the Lamley Seven. I but um yeah, and then hopefully maybe, you know, maybe in a few months it'll I'll I'll release it everywhere just so people can see it online.
0: So could you tell the people what this movie's about? Because honestly, and like I said, not because you're here, man. It movie it really hits hard. And it's one of those movies that's like it hits the social times now and it just, it resonates. What was the thought process behind it? And tell the people what it's about.
1: Okay, well, the, the re- actually I wasn't even gonna make that movie. I was making another one, and then uh, about a transgender drag queen. Then pan- the pandemic hit and I couldn't make it because it was just too many people, too many, you know, too many actors, too many, it was too big of a project, so I couldn't do it. Okay. So I decided I wanna do something where I could just shoot it with like one or two actors, and one location and then i remembered something that happened to me many 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 years ago i was going through a real dark time and um i wasn't thinking about committing suicide but i was thinking about suicide and i was thinking yeah this is like one of the times people would commit suicide like oh i was just thinking a lot about suicide not i don't think i was going to do it All right but i but I was I was window shopping, right? <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah. And and uh, so, but I remember thinking I have life insurance at the time. I remember thinking if I if I if I kill myself, my family won't get the life insurance. I remember thinking that. Wow. And then and then I, I end up one day getting gas at a I don't know where I was, man. I was like in Compton or somewhere. I was or I was East Side. I was somewhere bad, right? Yeah. And I'm looking around and I saw like these gang members or drug dealers there. And I remember looking at them and I go, I bet you if I went up to them and said something or just punched one of them or did something, they would kill me. And then my family would get the life insurance. Right. I remember thinking that. Wow. And then, and then, but then I started thinking, but well, what if they don't got a gun? That's what, <laughs> what's going to happen. Like, you know, I was just, I was having all these scenarios in my head. Right. And then, and then, you know, I finished pumping gas. I'm like, eh, never mind. <laughs> I, went, I, went, I, put, I got back in my car and I left and that was it. And that, and, that, and that was that was it for that and then you know things got better and thank God I, did, I forgot all about so, but for some weird reason during the pandemic that came that store that thought came in my mind again yeah. and I decided to write that as the script for this film so this film is not exactly that it's something different it's about a terminally it's a white man who who's, who finds out he's terminally ill and um, he's gonna die soon. And he, uh, this, but, but he has a, his insurance, if he dies in a homicide, pays double. So he decides not to tell his family or anything. He just decides to f- hire somebody to kill him. When he meets the person, the person doesn't show up. So he's just desperate. He's driving around, you know, LA, driving every, downtown, driving everywhere. You know, he, and he, he, I guess he's just trying to get ideas, trying to figure out what to do, you know. And then he drives by an alley and sees the drug deal going by and that's when he gets the idea that he's gonna you know call the guy the n-word the drug dealer the un- n-word and have the drug dealer shoot him but at the time the drug dealer didn't have a gun and so the drug dealer just beats the shit out of him <laughs> uh, and um but then you know the drug dealer breaks his hand they both sit down and actually get to know each other and then you realize the white guy isn't even racist you know he's his, his family is black his, his wife is black his children are black and and you realize the drug dealer you know he's got a disabled child that he's trying to support and he's doing all this and you find out that they're both human beings doing yes. whatever it takes yes to, for their family and they come from you know the opposite ends of the you know society but they're doing whatever it takes to you know to whatever it takes to, for their families and and there's no bad guys and no good guys in this. You know, it's just, uh, it's just a story.
0: I, I, honestly man, it really just touched me and it was so fucking beautiful. Because in the beginning, yeah, before I knew it, and he's sitting there, I go, what the fuck? I was like, what? I was like, yeah, beat his ass, Eric. You know, and I was like, <laughs> and then man, when they sat and talked and it's, and I tell people now, and I'm a cheesy dude and, and corny and all that, but it's so true. When you get somebody one-on-one and you get, you know, the yelling and everything stopped and you look somebody in the eye or you get that one-on-one conversation and you break down that shit, man, we're all just human being. I mean, yeah, we got the color, but in, in, in the end, after everything's stripped away, you're human beings. And human beings have the same basic need. That's love, protection, you know, and just that's that's why I it was it's so fucking beautiful. And when I saw those awards for that movie, I was like, yeah, this is deserving. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the other movies are, are you know, whatever. And I, I just love filmmaking also. And, and and I just it just really man, it hit me hard.
1: And I was so Thank grateful you. That, that, that you sent it to me. Thank you brother. And I, that means a lot to me man because my thing is this I I love making stuff that even though I'm a comedian I love making dramas. I mean I do comedy too but I love making dramas, right? And I love I love films that make people feel something. Yes. And um and i um, you know people you know a couple of people have told me they've cried, a couple of people. And you know it's funny the, the, so far I've won two best actor awards right the film has won two best actor awards and and the actor who won was uh eric blake who's a comedian he's a comedian Comedian. he's a very funny guy yeah yeah and it's actually i think if not his first it's one of his first roles and i didn't even want eric for the part because i i wanted a larger person i wanted craig robinson was actually going to was considering to do the part i wanted a really big black guy to be and I i wanted a really small white guy yeah so so Bill Dawes, who's who who plays uh Chad the White Guy, right. who's also a comedian, yeah. um, they both did an amazing job. They really yes, they did. did.
0: Incredible. And, both yeah. of those guys. Shout out to both and, those guys. And
1: but the funny thing is, both of them weren't my first choice, right? And um only because of their size. Right. Bill Bill is a, a buff dude. Like, right. We had to get Bill, I got had to get big Bill like really a baggy, you know, jacket, really baggy clothes, because I wanted him to look smaller. He's really fit and shape. I didn't want that. Size body but because of the pandemic and because of everything but they you know i'm like oh okay my i was like i was like what i'm gonna do because i couldn't do no live auditions
0: right oh um, wow okay yeah
1: but they both nailed it man they both nailed it they both did a really great job and they deserved the part they both did deserve the part and you know look at it you you saw it They, they did great i mean bill killed it eric killed it you know eric one of the things i was worrying about eric was um while I was shooting was, I didn't want it to be too melodramatic. And while I was editing it, I was seeing a little bit of it being a little melodramatic. Mm-hmm. But then I'm thinking, I'm like, it also feels real to me though, because Eric Eric has gone through stuff. Eric had stuff happen to his son. Eric did, was inv- and I'm not saying anything that's private. He, he said this yeah. in, on another podcast, He's, he was dealing drugs. So Eric actually lived this. And when I was watching him perform, I was I was into it. I was believing it. And I was kind of rewriting the editing in my mind because I wanted him just to keep going. And and it turned out perfect. It turned, I, I'm like, I have no complaints. I'm very happy. Like they, he both killed it. And there was another editor. There's a scene where he talks about his son and he starts, you know, kind of crying. And people like some another editor once said, "Oh, you should cut that out. That's too." I'm like, "No, man. I go. That's it. That's the nitty gritty. That's where everybody's gonna love." And I was right. And he won. And every you know, when he won those two awards, I told him, I said, "That's the scene, or that's the sh-, you know, that's the shot." Yeah. When you talk about your son, that 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 why you won because it, everybody feels it. Yeah, man. I mean, you break
0: the toughest guy. I just remember watching the HBO documentary over the, the Iceman, the Hitman uh, for the uh, for the mob. And this guy killed people, didn't know anything, but man, when he talked about his kids, he would tear up. I mean, the guy, I don't know how many people he's executed, killed, whatever, but talked about his kids, and that's what made him cry. The grown man. Cry. And it it is man, it's about the kids, man, the fucking kids. And the only thing yeah. the only thing the only drawback I think to that movie that for me personally is that uh, you never even contacted me because I am like Denzel Jr. I would have bought something to that role. I mean, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, but I like, I think I think you you're too articulate, man. I don't think you would. <laughs> Whatever. You know, when you have a dude, whenever like, okay, t- put put, put this way. Whenever somebody like when Wayne Brady goes on a killing spree, I want to be right? the guy to play him in the movie, the the, the <laughs> made for TV movie. Please let me do that. I want Billy Blanks to go on a, on a killing spree. I want him to hey, kill you, his family. Yeah,
1: Billy Blanks. But no, but you know, hey, you're a good actor too, man. I saw your short film that you did really well on and you directed yourself. And pr- I'm proud of you for that.
0: Thanks, man. You know, I had to send it to her. Well, he sent me my he sent me his. He sent it. So it's it's weird because I know why I screwed up, but I had to do it for myself. You know what I mean? And let me take. And it's weird because I've always wanted to be in front of the camera. Like I take acting classes twice a week. I ride my motorcycle down to Louisville, Kentucky, which is about an hour and a half, two hours every Monday and Wednesday to 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 stay on my game. Because when I get the call, I want to be ready. You know, I'm like I'm like that second string quarterback. I'm like Brady when he was behind Drew Bledsoe. When I get the call, I'm gonna be ready. So I'm taking acting classes twice a week. And I just remember like shooting that movie, and you know, I'm get, I'm watching, I'm doing, I'm going. I'm liking behind the camera even more than in front. And then it was my time to do a scene. I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, I'm ready." And I like, I like the behind the scenes. I like kind of being that coach, going, "Okay, how about give me a different look? Okay, give me a different kind of inflection. Okay, and and trying to get the act, trying to get what you want out of that actor. That's what I love more than I thought I would. I like I like directing th- more than
1: I thought I would. That's good. Good good kids. Yeah, directing is fun, man. It's really great. You know, I'm watching it and I'm. I'm watching everything and then as like the producer in me is going. Man, how did he get that restaurant? That's a great, that's a great, that's a great set. How did he get the restaurant set? Hey, man, you know what I did?
0: What I did was I went to this, I went to the Hilton Garden Inn airport location here in Indianapolis, and I said, "Hey, can I shoot?" But I told him what I wanted to do. They go, "Yeah." So I went there late at night. It was on a Saturday night. It had to be about one or two in the morning. And it's this drunk guy that kept kind of getting in, and I was like, "He's getting on my nerves." But luckily, we ignored him to the point of, "All right, they don't want to talk to me." And we had to shoot like this. And, then, and yeah. I loved every... Mi- I mean, we didn't finish that. We shot it in one day. We didn't finish till 6 in the morning, bro. Well,
1: yeah, good for you, man. Shot that's it in one way, day. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. I, I've shot... I've shot at uh, um, uh, restaurants. I've shot at bars. And, you know, the bars, we, you have to shoot in there at, the, at when it's closed. Yeah. So it's 2 in the morning to 6 or 7 or whatever. And that sucks. But it's great, man. I love filmmaking. I don't know what it is, but it's just... It's like especially if, if you write something yeah. and that now you're making it you're yeah. taking something that was just an idea yes then you're taking those ideas you're putting them in words in a structured setting and now you're shooting it and people are saying those words you're recording it you're editing it together and now people can watch exactly what you thought so it's like it's like i tell people this i go imagine if you had a great dream now imagine you can show that dream to other people yeah That's what that's what making films is.
0: I love that. I never thought about it that way. But and it's funny, I watched everything on film,
1: but I've never heard it say that I never heard it said that way. That's beautiful, man. Basically, you can show exactly what you had in your mind. But see, that's my thing. It's like every filmmaker is different, but like in my mind, is this. My goal is always to make it look like I see it in my head. If I don't, if I can't make it look the way I see it in my head, I'm not happy. I have it has to, the color has to be the way I see it. The, the feeling has to be like I wrote There's a script that I wrote um, Before this one Which is the one I was going to shoot called Philly Delight And there was a scene That I'm writing as I'm writing I'm crying I'm literally Crying and I'm like This is so sad I'm crying <laughs> Because when I write like I don't write Like me I write like the character Yeah. So the words are coming out Like the characters coming out so It, it sounds, this sounds weird but Sometimes as I'm writing is the first time I hear it or or first Time I think of it right like, you, you know what I mean Yeah and, and it's um And I'm like wow that's that's beautiful Like and so there was a scene and it was funny Because at the time I was in my office I was writing on a game show And the people in the other the people in the other people In the office like you okay I'm like yeah Man I'm just writing So shit. It's So bad man. <laughs> And I kept on going with it because i loved it i'm like oh this scene is so touching i love it so i can't wait to shoot it because i can't wait to because see this is the thing it's like I, I now when i wrote it like i already know now when when uh the person performs it whoever it is that's going to be the audition by the way that scene but whoever performs it i want to cry i want to cry if he did if, if they don't if, if they don't perform it where i cried they didn't do a good job so i gotta make sure that's what i got i gotta feel it Feel what I felt when I wrote it. Wow, man, that's beautiful.
0: I mean that. I love that. I, I'm gonna talk to you off the air about some technical aspects because I mean, I don't want anybody to get bored. I mean, it, it wouldn't boring to me, but the technical aspects of that are an, an idea I have. But
1: when it comes to directors, who in, who who influences you? A lot of people. Like I'll be honest, just like comedians, a lot of comedians influence me because they're all so different and beautiful in themselves, right? Like in their own way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so directors are the same way. And and I have a lot of you Know the d- directors, uh, uh, Buster Keaton. If you want to go 100 years ago, right? Wow, um, look at you in the history. Yeah. Look at you, Qu- Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Uh, 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 let's see, Olsen Wells. Uh, there's so many that that have done something that was so beautiful. And I love directors that don't have a specific style, yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I like directors that can direct all kinds of things. You're like, oh wow, that's he did that movie, he did yeah. that. To me, it's like the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones don't have a specific style. Like you hear, like if you hear, oh no, Rolling Stones do. Led Zeppelin doesn't. Like that. Ze- Led Zeppelin, you a lot of times I'll hear a song. I'm like, oh, that's Led Zeppelin. Like they, their, their style is different. It's always different. I think. So I like directors that you, you like. Oh, he did that movie. He did that movie. So for instance, there's some directors that could only do comedy. There's only there's some directors that could only make dramas or horror films. I like directors that. And I like those directors too. Like they're really great. Right. Like Quentin Tarantino is really great. Rob Zombie is really great. Yes. Yes. But, they, but they're but they're ve- they're very stylized. They got uh-huh. a specific style, right? But I, but I like lo- I want to be kind of a director that I can do anything. I can do a sitcom. I can do uh I can do a news segment. I can do a drama. I can do a comedy. I can do a horror film. And that those are the kind of directors I aspire to be.
0: I will take exception to that. I no offense when I hear Led Zeppelin, I go, yeah, I can see him doing that. I can see him. Except for when they did, uh, oh, 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 I love you so. Uh, it's kind of reggae-ish. On after the, last, after last album, Coda. You know, it's kind of reggae-ish. Kind of, and I go,
1: that's Led Zeppelin. You don't think? You don't think? Like, see, to me, Rolling Stone song sounds like a Rolling Stone song.
0: Oh, the group that the group that you go, wow, I didn't expect that. Is you two. You two changes their shit so much now that yeah. you go, that's you yeah. two? I mean, cause you take, you know, before before Ratt- before Rattlin Hum. I mean, when they came out with Joshua Tree, which was incredible. Okay. And then rattling Hum was a little bit Joshua Tree ish, but yet and still it was different they had Angel of Harlem and and you know, they bought it in BB King. And then they came in with that Lemon and then they had that uh with uh you know zoo uh zoo nation and uh and that was a different sound so to me you too
1: always recreated itself and this and this bt is why i didn't ask you to play the black <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is so true that is so true. Sometimes I'll be hanging around brothers and I'm thinking I'm all cool and shit. And then that then that then that part of me comes out like, no guys, listen, I'm telling you, ACDC's fourth album was a lot different than their fifth album because Angus Young hit and they go, what? The fuck are you talking about, man? Uh nothing, nothing. Anyway, like I was saying, man, that parliament, you know. <laughs> I never the real me always eventually comes out man i'm a fucking rocker bro i mean i love it all but yeah when it comes to music it's rock and roll for me i like i said i love love it all but yeah man you give me rock and roll i can take you that's why that's why when you said that i go no i kind of disagree except for that one song by led zeppelin i think they kind of sound the same but it's you too and the difference is because yeah so yeah i I get you (laughs) You broke it down perfectly. (laughs) Okay. If I had to pick, if you had to pick, if you had to pick, and this is a tough one, man. This is a tough one. If you had to pick top five movies that affected you, not the the bullshit people always say what you think I want to hear, whatever. The top five movies that affected you that you went, this fucking flick right here. Damn. Which would it be? In no particular order, but the top five movies that you go, holy shit, this is a fucking movie. Okay,
1: Um, Rocky. Yeah, Rocky was beautiful. It's the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. Yeah, fucking beautiful. Yeah, I would watch it a million times. It just, I even thinking, saying the word Rocky makes me feel something right now. Yeah. Um, The Exorcist.
0: Yeah. Now, what about the Exorcist? What about The Exorcist?
1: The Exorcist was beautifully made. It was, it was, to me. People call it a horror film. I think it's its own genre. It's a scary drama. Like, I don't know. It's it's beautiful. Like, it was just beautifully. scared the shit out of me when I was like seven when I watched it, I guess. But it was beautifully made. It was, uh, it was just incredible. It just still holds up to this very day. There's movies that wish they could be that good to, um, to this very day. Yeah. Um, and it was a subject that nobody's done before. Yes.
0: Right? Yes. To do that at that time exorcist
1: is the rocky of of horror movies like it <laughs> there's like no there's no boxy movie ever better than rocky never it'll never happen true true that, that that was the movie and then um exorcist there's no possession movie ever that's going to be close to the exorcist true. you would have to reinvent it and everybody who's tried has fallen short yes and um you know so that that that's that's the reason one of the reasons okay and then um there's so many films and now okay let me try to Pulp Fiction too was a beautiful film. I love Pulp Fiction and let me, let me, okay. Let me try to f- pick films that nobody knows. Um, uh, there's a, a film called Ken Park. I think it's actually banned in, in the U.S. And it's from, uh, oh God, uh, oh my God, I'm having a, a brain fart, um, Ken Park. Okay, but the, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's from the director who made Kids.
0: Okay, wow, okay,
1: okay. And uh, that movie's a trip, man. What's it about? Uh, Ken Park is based it's about all these these kids that live. I think it's ba- ba- Fresno or Bakersfield, uh-huh. and they're skaters. But they they it's all based on this kid on this kid who committed suicide called Ken Park. That was his name, and it's just really gritty, and it's um kind of weird, and um, <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's just. It's like those movies, and he involves a lot of kids. He's kind of a weird dude because he involves a lot of kids and stuff in all his films, but... <laughs> yeah, that'll do things. it. I have it in my head, and I can't... It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, But uh the movie was a great movie. I, as a filmmaker, like, it was very independent. I love movies like Bully. I love the movie Bully. Bully's yeah. a great film. I love independent feel films like that. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. I don't, don't want to see... I enjoyed, like... I, I like making, I can make a really polished film, but I like films that don't necessarily seem polished. I like where they, you can tell they—they they, one of the actors they got from the mall, they found some kid <laughs> at the mall or some person at the mall and they go, yeah, I'm gonna put you in the scene and you can see the realness right. of, of, that, of it, that person, you know? It's, to me, it, it's like,
0: it's that garage band feel. You know, it's like, it's like the yeah. album before that makes a group famous. You know what yes. I mean? It's like it's like Bon Jovi with Slippery When Wet. Well, go back two albums before. That's when you really like them. When they're trying to right, find right. that sound. ZZ Top before they had Legs and and uh, Sharp Dressed Man. Give me the album two albums before. ACDC, right. the two two albums before Back in Black. When they were just just jamming it, man, trying to find that sound and just going for it. That's what I that's what I like. That kind of like it's not quite polished, but it just kicks ass and it makes right. up for the
1: inconsistencies. That's the, you know, that's great. That's actually the, uh, amazing. I'm going to use that analogy because that's actually a really good analogy. And you know who did that a lot too? It was like Spike Lee did that a lot. There's a movie he did and he, he did it after he did like his first two films. I think this was his third film. I forgot what it was called, but it looked like a college movie. It looked like he did a college movie. And I remember watching it going, is this like his first movie? And I'm like, no, it was like his third. And I forgot what it was called, man. School days? The school days? No, it wasn't school days. Um, She's got a it. It's about this kid who's staying at his grandfather's house in Brooklyn or something like that. Was it staying Crooklyn? With... It might have been Brooklyn. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. But it was really independent. It looked like a college movie. Yeah. And I remember going, this is not, the production value is kind of crappy, but the story was good and it was compelling. And I kept on watching it, kept on watching it. And halfway through, I'm like, "All right, I'm in, man." And it was just because it was really gritty, almost amateur filmmaking, but I but I believe it was in a, on purpose because I loved it, you know. And yeah, and I love Spike Lee anyway; he's amazing. Yes, the yes. stuff he has on CNN now is dope as fuck, man. Yeah. And um, but but yeah, so so um. You know, so it just depends, man. It's it's an art, right? What we do is an art. Sometimes, as artists, right, as comedians, sometimes we'll, you know, maybe there'll be a year where we break out a guitar. You
0: know, a prop. <laughs> no, no, movie, no 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 jokes. No, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck that. If I
1: gotta brag out a guitar,
0: dude, it's gonna be my last day <laughs> doing comedy and maybe on earth, you know, like hey BT's got a guitar. Hey about BT, what happened? Y'all
1: man, he you fucking... the hootie, you be the hootie and the bluefish <laughs> for comedy. <laughs> <laughs> then- the dolphins <laughs> make me cry. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, we, <laughs> <laughs> but we all develop, right? We develop as 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 artists, and sometimes we, we want to paint, sometimes we want to sculpt, sometimes you know, when, 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 when you did the film, it was you being an artist, when you, when you get on stage, it's you being an artist, when you sit behind the mic, and you do a, a podcast, it's still you being an artist, you're just, it's, you're, it's just a different branch from that tree, man, you know what I mean, and that's, and that's cool, and then sometimes the branches go this way, and then they curve, and you do start doing this way, you know what I mean, sometimes, you know, you'll start, um, you know, doing something different, and, and it's like, I've, like my filmmaking as well as my comedy has always evolved and I like that and I want it to evolve I always want to be better I always want to be better like I see some some like filmmakers in my in you know my level making films all the time all the time all the time I can't do that one because I finance all my own crap but, but two is because I really pay a lot of attention I do a lot of pre pre-work I, I do a lot of homework before I shoot something a yeah. lot of homework like my hope, my regular life, I'm all over the place, right? I'm, I'm not organized. I don't pay attention. I'm, I, I, I'm, 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 everything's just everywhere. But so for some weird reason, when it comes to filmmaking, I'm so damn anal, bro. I write everything down, I do every I do so much homework and I have a track. And the funny thing is I'm extremely flexible. So I, if all that went out the window, I'm still gonna go, but I already, I know my vision. I remember the blueprint, you know what I mean? Because right. basically making a film is like making a house. It's the exact same process, no different. You make a blueprint with that blueprint, you decide how to make this house. You're like, okay, I gotta, I'm gonna need this much wood, I'm gonna need this much electricity. We're gonna probably have to start with the foundation first. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. And that's what the script is. The script is your the foundation. F- is, is your blueprint. Yeah, yeah. When I mean, you figure out how to make that script, and then sometimes when you go, look, I can't, I don't have enough money to make this house. So how about instead of five bedrooms, we do four bedrooms? So it's, it's that kind of thing, right? So instead of, hey, look, we can't make a pool, but how about if we make a jacuzzi? You know, yeah. oh, let's put the jacuzzi on the roof. What? Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. You know, there's different things you can do. And that's kind of like what filmmaking is. And, that's, and a good filmmaker is a good producer first, right? Because what you're doing is a producing is just directing a movie before you direct it. That's what producing is. Editing is directing the movie after you shot it. So you direct a movie three times. You direct the movie, unless you're the writer, then it's four times. Mm -hmm. But if if you're just directing, you're directing it when you're producing it. You're directing it when you're directing it. And you're directing it when you're editing it. And um, it's, you know, it's like raising a kid. You raise your kid while he's an infant. Then you raise your kid when they're a toddler. Then when you raise your kid when they're a preteen. Then a teenager. Then a man. And then, you know. Then when he breaks up with his wife and moves back home, then you gotta do it again. You know, it's like there's, there's all these. <laughs> yeah, it's true though, right? there's like you always—if you have a kid, you're always <laughs> a kid. But right now I'm raising—I'm raising my 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 movie through the film festivals. I'm going broke submitting to all these film festivals,
0: but you know. But you know what it boils down to, and you said it best, man, is it like, and don't get me wrong, I still like the blockbuster. I still love, you know, from May through mid-July or August, that summer blockbuster and getting that popcorn. For me, small popcorn, butter, layer it, icy, large, icy, uh, mix all the flavors, and sitting down and just and watch, and watching the trailers. And all of a sudden, here comes the movie. I still love that, but... It, When it all boils down to it, if it doesn't have a story that grabs you, then what the fuck are you doing? I mean, a perfect example is that uh, Fast and Furious piece of shit, uh, part nine. (laughs) Holy shit. I mean, how did that get? I mean, was there even a plot? I mean, seriously, I mean, you bring a character who we thought was dead three movies ago and he just shows up and they go, hey, what's going on? And like, he just, like he just went to the store to get some milk and all of a sudden he, he walks in and you think he's dead. He go, hey man, I thought you wouldn't. And they give him a hug. We're all good. What? I mean, you don't <laughs> explain it. And it's like, at the end of the they day. Don't
1: care no more.
0: At the, end of, at the end of the day, it's about a great story. And before I get out of here, I want to tell you what I want you to do. You want to watch the best movie ever made is yes. a, a korean movie called beast clawing at straws okay it's one of the greatest movies you ever see at, that movie is one of the greatest movies you ever see there's another movie called beautiful starring uh javier depredem it uh it's it's the greatest movie ever made. It, it's two hours and 50 minutes long and i'm not gonna lie there's a point in that movie where i go I'm, i may have to tap out and then it hits. And once it hits, dude, and I remember I was on a date, and I remember once the movie was over, credit to rolling, all you hear is men in the audience going. <laughs> oh, okay. And the girl was like, okay. are you crying? Okay. No. I mean, every dude in that movie, and I lied to you, every man. I live in Indiana, man, where, you know, everybody, yeah, yeah I don't fucking cry for nothing. And everybody was. <laughs> Everybody was crying. Beautiful, with Javier D. Padam is the greatest movie ever made. It really is. Yeah, I'm to definitely check, check it out. Watch that and watch the other one. And watch Beast clawing at straws. Yeah, Korean movies make they, they they make great horror films too, man. Koreans they make great, great movies. Horror. Period, man. I could yeah. talk to you movies all day. I could talk comedy all day. God damn, it. I knew this was gonna be this way. I knew I was gonna want more. <laughs> we gotta go, but damn it, let's have a part two, brother. I, Joe Medina, I love you, man, more than you'll ever know, bro. When you send me that, Same here, brother, Same here. When you send me that. A text if like i said i thought it was i i thought uh, somebody hacked me and then i clicked on it like ah uh, and then i was like oh my god i mean it's like trusting something you go ooh and then it turns into beautiful and that's what it was if you get a chance watch beautiful violence it, i promise you it's one of the greatest movies it's a short don't get me wrong short film yeah it's 12 short, minutes long it's, it's 12? 12 yeah, 12 and a half 12 and a half minutes long and i swear it's it's one of the greatest 12 and a half minutes you will ever 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 see beautiful violence by Joey medina comic former boxer he's everything he's a great if you ever get a chance go see him do comedy please do joey's great joey man thank you for being my guest today i appreciate it i
1: mean you know i always <laughs> see your podcast i'm like when is he ever going to ask me to be on it you
0: could going just hit me up man we're like that dude you know i mean you don't understand man i'm like i'm just hoping somebody says hey you want to come out to la to do but and i'm I'll, I'll be at the front door like I'm here. I mean, that's why I leave my three two three area code on my phone number because mentally I'm still in LA. I've never I promise
1: but but I I promise you, dude. I'm gonna put you in a film. Do you that. Watch.
0: I will fly myself out there. I I'll I will put myself up. I will do everything. I'll fly myself out there, put myself up. All you gotta do is I don't know, buy me a water. Give me a bottle of water yeah, and I'm done. a bottle done. of Evy and I'm good, bro. Do that. Dude. <laughs> Joy Medina, folks, look him up. Joy Medina Comic. Uh comic or comedian on, on Instagram? Joy Medina Comic. Joe Medina Comic on Instagram. If you get a chance, folks, I promise you it's worth it. Beautiful violence at all the film festivals. Get a chance, check it out. Joy Medina, thank you for joining me on Tales from a Gemini. Thank you thank guys you, thank for you. watching. And like we say about this time, you know the word. Pay.